0: This is Eric Calvillo and you're listening to Tectonic Takes. To Tatonic Takes. I wanted to go ahead and give you guys a quick little overview about what this episode is. This is Favi, I'm your usual host here, and we bring on Danny from L3 Podcast to talk a little bit about Liga MX versus MLS in the CONCACAF Champions League final. And then afterwards, we talked to Will about the transfer of Nick Lima to Austin FC, as well as Ivan on the transfer of Danny Hoosen to Austin FC as well, or East Bay FC, or East Bay Area FC, if you, if you know what I mean. I want to go ahead and apologize. My mic was not working during the time of this interview. But after all that, we're still here. Go Quakes. Happy holidays, guys. Welcome, everybody, to Tectonic Takes. I'm here with Danny from the L3 pod. So welcome to our new series. We kind of have something a little fun to talk about here. Big news coming out of the Champions League, or the CONCACAF Champions League, at least. LAFC moves on. So I brought on Danny to talk about, I guess, how fast or is MLS at Liga MX quality, or are they not even there yet? Danny, welcome on. How are you doing today?
1: Good man. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for the invite. Um, big fan of you guys, show. Also, you know, Thank local you. <laughs> San Jose, local San Jose uh, podcast. Also talking about quick. So hell yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. But yeah, I've been doing good. And uh, quite a quite a match we had on Saturday for yeah. both matches, but one overshadows the other one. Yeah, definitely.
0: One at least had a lot more weight than the other when it comes to talking about league quality or even just like press, right? Because we saw today um, that uh, El, uh, El Piojo, right, uh, yeah. got sacked from America. So definitely mm-hmm. a lot of weight on that type of um, matchup and as well as a lot of weight in that uh, cup. So what do you
1: think of the game? I mean, the game overall was something that, it was expected we um if you've been following liga max you know that um america has been plagued with injuries mm-hmm. and players not being there and COVID, of course so the squad that we saw with america wasn't their you know their a squad mm-hmm. but that still should not be you no know, excuse for a team with such prestige right. uh, like america you know that their b or the c squad can make it but Uh, Pyoko came out playing more defensive. We saw him with the the Mm 5-4-1 lineup to counter-attack LAFC's more uh, fast-paced, super-fast attacking formation, which is very, very – it's very entertaining. It's it's very fun. So we saw those changes coming up um, for for America, and the game was exactly exactly what we were going to expect, very physical, uh, you know, don't let anybody from the opposite team, you know, LAFC wasn't going to allow America to counter yeah. counter them because we know LAFC's um, defense isn't the best. Right. So you saw a lot of these, uh, uh, a lot of fouls being committed on in the middle, in Definitely. the midfield on both ends. Um, and that's exactly what we expected a very physical and, you know, LAFC looked good. I mean, unfortunately right. there's more to that story, <laughs> which I'm sure <laughs> we're going to talk about. Yeah. But, um LAFC looked good. They played how they played, how America had to be played and they got lucky. You know the stars lined up. So yeah. like we know that Jupiter and Saturn are lining up tonight so <laughs> they actually helped out for uh, LAFC and um um and this was, you know, a couple of episodes ago with the L3 pod. I said this is probably going to be the final LAFC versus Tigres. Um wow. just for the way that the, the things worked out. Um Yeah. So It it was a physical match. It was a good match. And unfortunately, you know, uh, for America, with, you know, with everything going on with them prior to coming to this, um, this match, uh, LAFC was able to capitalize on that. And you know what? My hat's off to LAFC.
0: Yeah.
1: Great game by them. It must, it must
0: suck because it's like, um, you know, the best Mexican player helping an MLS team achieve this task that, No other MLS team has done, taken out three Mm -hmm. Mexican Liga MX sides, as well as maybe possibly being the first to raise that cup. So it it Mm -hmm. definitely, probably as a Liga MX fan watching this, it hurts them dearly that one of their favorite players is actually the one taking their teams down. But all in all, I thought it was a great game.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Mm Mm-hmm. No, no, I was going to say, you know, you know, Carlos Velas, I think he's always been like every uh, Mexican fan, you know, kind of poster child. Mm. Um, I know he came up with the Chivas Academy. Me not really, I I don't hate the team Chivas. I'm just don't, I don't like the fans. Um, mm. Cause they kind of throw in your face. Um, <laughs> so even with that aspect, I always liked Bela. I, I always liked him. I thought he was mm. a good player. Unfortunately, more drama outside sources never really allowed him to continue with the with the national with the national team yeah but it's always great to just see him perform and i'm not gonna lie when i first heard that he was coming from europe to lafc i'm like Mm -hmm. man that's that's the end of career he's gonna step down you know it's gonna step down but you know seeing what he's been doing Seeing where the league is now, uh, not just uh, LAFC but MLS, you're like, you know what? This is actually not so bad. And yeah. prior to this match on Saturday, we saw rumors about him possibly going back to Mexico and playing for another team over there, and vice yeah. versa. I mean, in the off in the past couple of weeks, the you know players going between MLS and Liga MX has been increasing. So yeah, um, it is a little bit, I, I you know, for fans of Liga MX seeing like, oh yeah, one of our own and kind of defeating us and stuff. But yeah, I mean, if you do see League MX, not a lot of Mexicans play uh, you That's know, true. for League So it, um and and this and it's good. I feel like it's a good thing for MLS. That, you know, their teams are made up of so many international players, not just from like United States, but also from Central and South America, yeah. which is the same players that these teams from M- Liga MX, not just America, but like any other team, minus Chivas, um, you know, they're fighting for the same players, you know, they're fighting right. for the same Argentinians, Brazilians, uh, Ecuadorians, Peru, yeah. you know, from, from Peru. So. This is the players that – so now players have more options to go play Liga MX and MLS. So that's a big concern for Liga MX as right. an organization. Like, yo, they're doing something over here because they're attracting more people. Yeah. So it's something that MLS is doing really, really good.
0: And that has happened just in the last five years. I think with Toronto FC kind of having those, those good CONCACAF Champions League runs with Giovinco and Bradley mm-hmm. and Altidore – a lot of eyes were opened up to MLS and as well as Montreal making that final, that one year on that wonder goal. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just think more eyes are on MLS and that can help MLS grow as a league. Danny, do you think the time's coming? I mean, do you think it's, it's coming that MLS is finally going to be at the same level or better than league of MX in the next five, three years?
1: A- absolutely. I mean, and 100% correct. In the last five years, um, the quality of MLS has grown. You know, everybody thought that MLS was this retirement, you know, team or retirement league where people came and kind of do it. But I was thinking like, dude, a lot of players from from MLS have gone like, okay, this is not the best example, but it's an example. Mm -hmm. David Beckham, he came from what Real Madrid played over Galaxy Mm -hmm. did, you know, great stuff for the Galaxy. But he didn't end his career with Galaxy. He ended up going back to PSG, you yeah. know, and and you know playing champions and stuff. And I'm like, right. dude, that's you know, Grand did not everybody's a David Beckham, right? But this is like an example. Same thing with Satan, you know, like right, again, exactly. not, yeah. every, not every, not uh, but then again, Satan's like a beast. He's going to be like 50 <laughs> and playing for like, you know, all these teams. I, and he just but, got voted most, best MLS goal of all time. So I mean, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> has and destined. and.
1: So in the last five years and especially um not only with the what the MLS teams making deep runs in CONCACAF champions, but also I think this uh, MLS is back cup that happened in, yeah. in the summer, that was a real big eye opener for, for the world. And yeah, they're paying attention. And they saw how what quality the United States have. Not, I'm not saying all the teams are up mm. there with the same quality, but there's some good teams out here in MLS that will give um you know Liga MX and even some of the middle table or the even lower uh, middle tables in any leagues in Europe a-, a room for their money so yeah not there yet MLS mm. is not there with League MX yet but it's it's close and yeah. i would not be surprised like you said in the next 5 years is in the same level uh right. hence why i think there's this push to kind of merge these or do something with both of the uh leagues yeah. together
0: and, that, and that's a very fun type of league to think about, right? I mean, imagine, mm-hmm. you know, imagine Los Cholos playing at the New York Red Bulls, right? You don't, you're never going to yeah. see that ever. But if this league happens,
1: we might see mm-hmm. that happen, you yeah. know, on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be crazy. Like, imagine San Jose playing, you know, uh, Monte... Well, not actually that happened already. But like yeah, or like León, like right? León. Yeah, yeah León or you know having Atlas going up to play seattle or something right. or you know i yeah, know it's um it, it's fun it sounds like yeah. fun and i think it's is even more funner for the the casual fan who Definitely. have heard of because you know you don't have to follow soccer but you hear about the labels yeah you know, anytime we talk about you know, League MX or Mexican soccer They're always going to bring up, oh, America Chivas, you know because right. That's very popular, at least here in the Bay Area and, yeah. in, and in California So now for the casual fan, you hear This hype about these teams, and now you get To see them, which draws more attention To right. them and see, well, what's The big deal, you know, with These teams um, Like, I've, I've never seen an Argentinian game, I've mm. never Seen them, uh, you know, on TV but I know about Boca Juniors. I know yeah, about the yeah. plate. And same thing, like, if they were to come and play versus San Jose, I'm going to go check it out because, right. you know, like, oh, well, let's see what this Just big the history. hype about. Yeah, the history, exactly. the club,
0: the prestige, right? Exactly. I think, I think all the MLS executives and the Liga MX executives are just like uh, watering at the mouth for a Chicago Fire versus Chivas matchup in Chicago. Like, yeah, they tap into it, a, a Mexican market that you know probably never comes out to a Chicago Fire game. But if it, Chivas exactly. is there, they're gonna do it, they're gonna come out. It,
1: I mean, exactly. We saw this a couple of weeks ago when Chivas played, um, who they played. I think I want, I want to say they played Leon in the mm-hmm. In one of the semis in, in in Liga MX playoffs, and it was being show it's being shown on Fox Sports. you yeah. know, And then he had uh, our good buddy Carlos Justiz, uh commentarying who does Chivas commentary for Telemundo yeah. in, in 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 English. And they're out there, you know, saying it, and it's like, dude, this is prime time. Two Mexican teams, American watching, right. it, and it's like. It is cool as part of, you know, as a member of the of the Liga MX and Inglés community on Twitter, yeah. seeing that and seeing like your, your hard work and seeing all of your um you know doing this effort for this community grow and seeing it like shown. Yeah. It, it felt really cool. Like, dude, like that is our that's our child, you know, yeah. being shown to the world. Yeah, um and and yeah, same thing at the end of the day, man, you you have these executives and stuff like oh man this is you know if i can bring an america to play you know in in minneapolis right like like, oh man because at the end of the day soccer is run by money and there's money to be made
2: yeah there's
1: money to be made here in the united states like there is in mexico so this is just awesome you know imagine Imagine LAFC playing, you know, Guadalajara in, right. in Guadalajara. Like people right. will go just to boo Carlos Velas <laughs> yeah, you know, or, exactly. or cheer for him. Yeah. So there's there's money to be made. There's definitely room out there and the market is there. And it's just just waiting for the stars to line up.
0: Yeah. You know what?
1: Even just to integrate it as
0: fast as possible, I would look into making it like a, the U.S. Open Cup type of deal, but mm. just a North American Open Cup. And then Uh you can have this really big tournament, but then once it gets to the, you know, the upper teams and the upper divisions, you just, you know, shorten it down and then you can have the best teams, like let's say the semifinals, then they mesh and then they can go ahead and play each other during the semifinals or something like that. But Uh yeah, it's, it's a quick way to, I I feel like the money's already there. And if, if their Uh eyes, if it's going to take all the Latins and, you know, the United States and, all the Mexican fans in the United States to help MLS to get that final push to be a big league and to be some sort of revenue machine for the United States in the sports field, I think that's that's the smartest move to make because you're going to make it feel like these two leagues are connected, right? Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. all the teams that aren't in Europe have to do something to be to mm-hmm. be in your view of, or field of view to watch instead of watching your champions league or your premier League, right. They're going to have to do something that mm-hmm. catches your eye because they're all fighting for that attention span that you as a viewer are giving. So I think this is actually mm-hmm. a great, great idea to bring in to, to actually mesh it, but it's going to be hard to mesh, you know, like the main league together. I think if you mm-hmm. could just do like a tournament style or eight, you know what, how about an MLS is back type of tournament or a North America is back yeah. in Orlando preseason every, every year they go ahead and they do yeah. that right with, 16 um league mx teams and
1: 16 mls teams right it's something yeah. that could be very it's, fun you know and and i mean so many you, you you hit so many points on that and and you know the thing about league mx is also is that they have a lot of central and south americans uh playing with them so yeah. You have that market to see your favorite, you know, a Chilean player, a right. Reuven player, or the Hawaiian player, yeah, Argentinians playing on this. It's not a big market like, you know, Mexican, like Mexicans in the United States, but it's still right. a market that you can get tapped in there. So it's definitely there. My only issue with this, and this is something I brought up at the podcast yesterday, mm-hmm. is that MLS has to change their way. MLS the has capital. to change. Exactly. They need to change their style. They need to get with the FIFA um, schedule. They need to stop with with this uh, Americanized style of sports, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, Eastern versus Western, you know, with the playoffs. And and it's something that always bugged me. And I really, really wish it it, like I'm so passionate about it. It, Right. Me off. It's the stupid MLS All Star Games. It's, I feel like it's just it's such an insult to the league. Like, let me collect the best players right. from our t- to play versus like the B Squad of Arsenal, or like, right, you know, play versus Toluca or something. Like, dude, that's such an insult because yeah. while we're in season, we're taking a break from our season. They're getting they're in preseason. Right, like, they're not gonna take it serious. We're not gonna take it serious. So what are we, you know, what product are we selling? Right. Like, oh, our our B our best can tie against your B squad. Right. Like I rather have. I think it's time for MLS to step it up and go against you know the NFL. NFL ratings are 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 falling. Yeah, you know, no, definitely. definitely pissed off because of the yeah. uh, amount of commercials and stuff uh nba will be a little bit harder because they do yeah. run a pretty good uh ratings and same thing with hockey with the nhl but right. why you know i feel like there's still you know there's still pockets of uh of time frames there where mls definitely can is. go in there and definitely compete for those for those time and you know what at the end of the day dude we live in the 21st century we have streaming uh right. services we right. have dvrs we have you know, you can stream a game later or catch a you know, like a you know MLS in sixty minutes or MLS in thirty minute you yeah. know match highlight. You know, which will still it won't generate as much numbers as a live event, but yeah. it still will generate a good amount of numbers later.
0: Yeah. So what I feel like the biggest problem here is ratings, right? Ratings yeah. is a very old fashioned, at least in the last five years, a very old fashioned way to rate a game. Due to the fact that a lot of MLS fans are younger or a lot of soccer fans are younger and those streaming numbers, they aren't calculated at a certain amount of, I guess, rating, right? They're not given a rating. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like once they start to kind of get with the streaming and get with um, how many views you get on streams, Mm -hmm. that will change the whole ratings kind of ideal to be – a more favorable ideal for younger sports like the MLS, the NHL, basketball, Mm -hmm. um, all these young sports that are getting ratings. I feel, this is my opinion, and I feel like soccer in the U S at least is going to pass, surpass baseball pretty soon. I think baseball Mm -hmm. is on a downward trajectory because there's no flash. There's no love. There's no, there's no, you know, flamboyancy that you get to see from like the NBA soccer even the NHL has its you know swagger with fights and mm-hmm. things like that. But the NFL, I think this is going to be a longer, longer kind of trajectory. But I think a lot more CTE things are going to happen in the future. And that's going to scare a lot of kids from playing football. So I mm-hmm. think a lot more kids are going to be playing soccer. So we might be seeing soccer being the number one sport in the United States and in the world probably 30 years and that's and that's kind of yeah. that's just my take on this
1: no and 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 absolutely you know a lot of parents are don't want their child their children to play football anymore it's not yeah. so inclusive anymore right it's not inclusive as this other sports like baseball there's baseball and then there's softball you know right. uh, basketball has both female oh, that's and, true and yeah leagues and stuff. so i feel like if i have a little girl well i'm not gonna you know, what am I going to play with this like over male dominated sport? Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm going to put her into soccer or softball or basketball or volleyball or, or whatever, you know, right. something more of a, a sport that's more in- inclusive. And I feel like soccer um, or football, if you want to call it, it's more inclusive and it's more opening because there's it. you know, it, it, the fist the um, physical demand is there but not like physical as in brute force and stuff like we're seeing in in football and i mean honestly like who's the last football player that you know that is still is still playing professionally at over the age of 30 you know their careers are are very and it's very competitive for soccer like you have you know Slatan. we brought him up he's what pushing 40 50 already like you know buffon same things like Who phones like ninety and like (laughs) out there? Being a keeper, no (laughs) Chris Wondolowski. Look at him! (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, Yeah. Wando,
0: our our very own Wando. I think. Yeah, yeah. The longevity. I mean, we'll we'll start to see that. We kind of we soccer basically is just going to get bigger, right? So that's kind of like all all the whole video. We kind of said, oh, MLS, this, this," you know, Liga MX, that, but it we got to look at it. If you know Liga MX fans, and if you know MLS fans we're kind of in the same boat. So this rivalry, mm. yeah, it could be a rivalry now, you know, ah, yeah, LAFC took down America. No, but in the, in the, yeah. at the end of all this, we're going to be like brothers. It, it, it's going to, yeah. it's going to be crazy because it's going to be like, Oh, these are my Chiva friends and America friends. And then, Oh, these mm. are my LAFC friends. And and that's the, the way I grew up. That's going to be a trip because I knew a lot of Latins in the you know Bay Area that was like, oh, "Ah no America no no no, we're Pumas fans, you know nah, nah, yeah. nah, Tigres, but now you're maybe going to get oh we're Atlanta fans, you know we're yeah, we're New york fans and and then you're still going to get your Tolucas and it's just it's yeah, it's a soccer fan's dream right,
1: to get all and, this in one bubble right or in one and, little pocket, and you nailed it, man like um. You know, you, you you have people migrating to the United States And they bring their, their customs up So yeah, they're rooting for the teams Their kids here who are born here in, in the United States Like, yeah, they might have, a, a you know, affiliation with that But, they're you know, what's in their own backyard? You have right. these small little pockets So as they grow, they're also going to be like Well, yeah, I like this team I like, you know, Diggers I think is a good example yeah. I love Diggers, but when's the last time Diggers came And played in the United States I'm not going to go to, like, Florida yeah. and watch them you know, so I'm going to root for the, for my team here in my backyard. Yeah. And as you know, I grow and i and generation start, you're going to be focusing on that team. So the market is there. It's going to grow and it's just a matter of time. So it's exciting time for both league IMX fans and, and MLS fans, you know, yeah. born over here, you know? Yeah, definitely. The it's possibility funny. of seeing, yeah. The possibility of seeing two of your favorite teams playing together is like, it's right. drama and we love drama. Right. You no, know we do. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, definitely, especially if, like, let's say this Tigris-LAFC game that's coming up is, is you know, 3-2, 90th minute, there's an equalizer, and then it goes to penalties, right? Let's say the next time they play, there's some drama there, right? So mm-hmm. it, we get to start brewing these, these rivalries, and rivalries brings eyes, right? Eyes want to watch intense matchups, right? And it just – it can only get better for both leagues, and this is why mm-hmm. it, I think it's a great idea. But, Danny, one thing I want to say – about Liga or uh, about MLS's quality. Um, my, my in-laws or in my um, cuñados, my brother-in-laws, <laughs> um, mm. they, they don't know about the earthquakes, but they're, they know, oh, that's uh, Matias
1: Almeida's team. <laughs> so, I mean, we, yeah. we made it, we made it a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, at least we, we're the getting earthquake. there. Uh, it's, fu- it's funny with Matias because um, when they first announced him for, um, as the new coach, I'm like, oh man, we're gonna get a new coach. I'm a little excited. Yeah. And then some of the other us and it was my, um, my, I guess my Americanista in me or Ante Chivas. Like, yeah. not him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, fine. But now I'm all for it. I'm like, right. I'm out there like trying to get a signature. Or well, when we used to be able to go into, this yeah, stadium, right, right. I'm like trying to get like a quick five seconds, just interview with Matias. But right. Um. The same thing is like, dude. I was like, not him. But now that he's in, I'm like, well, he's ours. We want him. I want him. I want to keep him.
0: Yeah, and and that and that brought a lot of eyes to us, at least, man. Like, it's funny. We don't get linked. We don't get linked ever to Liga MX stuff. Yeah. But With Matias Alveda, every week comes rumors, and you found out a new rumor, right, Danny?
1: <laughs> yeah. So this so this morning, Miguel Pio Correa, um, head coach for América or ex head coach, was sacked this morning from um from America. And I jokingly put it on Twitter because that's what I do. I'm like, oh, anytime, you know, almeida's going to get linked up to America. Yeah. And then legit, like, two hours later, I think, like, football Picante or, like, some Mexican media outlet, they're like, oh, the top five candidates of, you know, for America. Yeah. And number one was Matias Almeida I'm, I'm like, dude, can we just keep him for one season? Like, <laughs> this dude was linked up to Cruz Azul before he even played his first game, right. you know, with, with the Quakes, and like, Anytime there's like an open, like three weeks ago, Monterrey needed a new coach, and there's Matias Almeida's name popping up. I'm like, dude, right? Can we not link him up, please? Like, <laughs> San Jose, San Jose, yeah. We may not be the best team, but you know what? The city is gorgeous, and I love my city. Yeah, Let's, right. Don't don't touch my here. coach, all right? Yeah, don't, don't don't touch my coach. Take yeah, I got him. Yeah, worse, bust dude. it out. I got him right see? here. see <laughs> Look. Yeah, he's right next to my desk. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, dude, just leave him alone, please. Like, let him focus on the quakes for one year. Like, yeah. We like the drama. I was and I mean I'll be the first. I was telling him I wanted I was saying that I wanted him gone like when the Quakes were getting stomped like eight to zero in right. like twenty twenty crazy one. time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I Admiral mean, needs to leave. i mean, and but then the minute I just turn it around, I'm like, oh Almeida, I yeah. I'm a believer, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> um i'm like, i'm out there with like i'm ready to get his face tattooed on me and stuff already, <laughs> but uh we love that drama we love that yeah, drama yeah. is left down it's the sports the fanatic in us that just love that kind of stuff yeah so when we when we
0: first got the news that he was gonna be a coach i was like nah dude, is, is this a fake dude i don't believe yeah. this like there's no way the how do to get the course. money for that that's like the first thing i am done like how right. do you get the money for him like well is if, if I was a club like the Quakes, right, and mm-hmm. I had some income, but I didn't have all the income, but I thought I had quality on the pitch, I, would, I think a coach brings a lot of media buzz in the, the, day, mm-hmm. the new modern age of football. And it's kind of crazy that Almeida has brought this club a lot of media buzz, even if Absolutely. it's rumors yeah. of leaving, right? I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. Mexican fans know this team, or at least know the, the logo looks like, um just mm-hmm. because it's li- always linked, right? So it's, it's yeah it's bad bad press is good press, right? So
1: Yeah. Like I talked to my cousins back in Mexico and yeah, they cannot tell you a single player in in um at, at the Quakes, but they know, oh it's the equipo de almeida verdad? I'm like, Yeah, yeah right. Like, yeah. And then they're like, Oh, isn't Carlos Fierro there? And Osvaldo. I'm like, Yeah, they're there. They're all there. I'm like, they're not really doing much, but they're there. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. um so it, it it draws attention and like, yeah, a you know, a name like that draws attention to regardless of what you're doing, even if it's good or bad press. Yeah. What's the uh, old saying? Like, no, no press is bad press or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, all press yeah, is yeah. good press. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But
0: <clears throat> since we segued right into the Teutonic Takes episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> um, perfect. Um,
0: let's let's get your kind of since you've been a season take holder for a while. Right, Danny? Um, you yeah. had a, a story to tell us about your time as a kid with Eric. Yeah. And holder, Right
1: dude so okay so um mls started i don't want to age myself i'm gonna age myself mls <laughs> started what in 96 or something yep and um i used to live uh, down the street from spartan stadium mm-hmm. when the, the quakes were called the clash which was yep. awesome times um so i remember going and then the next season we we figured out that any day before or 98 uh, it had to be in 98 we figured out that Um the day before a match the team will practice at spartan stadium both teams mm. so like we'll go down there and we'll see like kobe jones like warming yeah. up and Mauricio and fuegos and you know carlos and out there and we're like <laughs> oh my god
2: like oh my god it's him
1: um <laughs> but we we became like friends with like oh i his name was his name is bruce morgan he used yeah. to be one of the uh, coaches for um uh, for the quakes but he used to be like our buddy. Used to take us to like inside the locker room and mm-hmm. let us you know it was freaking ronald cerrito's goalkeeping and <laughs> me and my buddy you know taking penalty shots with ronald Cerritos. right you know like little 12 13 year old kids you know doing right. this stuff and um i remember it was the day after it was uh world cup 98 united states lost the night before or they got eliminated like the work mm-hmm. like they placed 52nd place and everything Mm-hmm. And we're chilling. We're we're outside um the clubhouse and one of the coaches come up and they're like, Hey guys, um, he goes up to my friend and I and I think we're here's a name drop. We were hanging out with Wade uh Wade Barrett. Um <laughs> That's definitely the same <laughs> drop. Yeah, yeah, cool guy. We're hanging out, you know, uh, I think we're talking about skateboarding or something or surfing. I don't know. We're talking whatever yeah. we are. And the coach comes up, is like, Hey guys, um, so Eric Ronald is on his way from the airport. Um <laughs> He's going to come. He's going to say hi to the team. Then he's going to pick up his car and he's going to leave. I still remember what car he drove, which is like kind of stalkerish, but whatever. (laughs) Um, um, And he's like, just do me a favor, guys. Um, We're not sure how he feels right now about what happened with the United States yesterday. (laughs) So just do me a favor. Don't bring up the world cup. Okay. And we're like, why would you tell that to like 12 year olds or 13 year olds? What's the yeah, first right. thing we're gonna do? We're gonna bring it up. <laughs> like that's the first <laughs> thing we did. So, like, lo and behold, like 10, 15 minutes here comes Eric Ronaldo in the taxi, and we're like, Oh, that's Eric Ronaldo. And he comes in and goes, Hey, what's up, guys? You know, like, hey, what's up, Eric? He goes inside the locker room, whatever. Um, he says what's up to everybody. And then on his way back, uh, he's talking to one of the coaches or something. And then, you know, the first time my buddy goes, he goes, Hey Eric, so uh what happened with the world cup <laughs> the <first thing laughs> goes, and eric just goes like kind of rolls his eyes he goes uh oh, I, I don't know it was a bad coach you know bad coach i think it was bruce arena or something oh wow uh, i think bruce arena was like the coach and she's like yeah oh shitty coach or something and we're and we're like nah dude it was the players the the players suck <laughs> and here we are having a shouting match with eric when <laughs> going he's all like, it was was a horrible coach and i'm like oh it was horrible players you know <laughs> and he's walking away and he's walking to his car but it was like it was like a friendly bandering kind of thing um and, and we're like all right eric we'll see you tomorrow he's like yeah i'll see you guys tomorrow and we're like usa sucks you know so he's driving away and stuff and um, he like he, he it was like a green nissan he was driving like a <laughs> nissan, like skyline or something or um like mid-90s and he kind of like takes his hand off the window kind of like throws us a peace sign or something <laughs> and uh that was Eric Grinaldo and we're like is and Wade Barrett turns to us like didn't they tell you guys don't bring up the world cup and we're like yeah eh, what's he gonna do punch a bunch of little kids and he goes yeah you're right you should have said some more things yeah. <laughs> so, like Wade Barrett wanted us to like egg them on even more <laughs> right because um a little did I know late I found out later that like there was a lot of internal problems and eric yeah. was involved with a lot of those internal problems the, so yeah, the like every, yeah yeah so everybody hated him so <laughs> apparently we were like heroes for companies <laughs> were saying this stuff like a bunch of 12 year olds um and that was cool every now and then i i like i i you know eric when would like respond to like a tweet of mine yeah um and i want to bring up that story i want to say man sorry for <laughs> saying that you sucked in 98 but you kind of did. You know, yeah. like realistically. <laughs> you suck, dude. Let's let's be realistic. Eric Winalda
0: was following us for a little bit, but then
1: he unfollowed. So I was like, uh, I can go ahead and tell the story. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, er, um last time I talked to Eric it's funny, he'll never answer to me of anything about soccer. But as soon as I start talking about like Van Halen, Iron Maiden, mm. you know, any like 80s metal, you know, band. oh he's he's all in it so oh no dude oh i've been listening to like the trooper today and blah 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 oh "Oh, i haven't tried yeah so that's always cool same thing with like alexi lala's like yeah when it comes to soccer he will never answer back to me but if it's about music or anything else we're having like conversations so uh, alexis if you're still alexi if you still listen to this um you you promised me a beer in san jose yeah um, (laughs) you said it i got the tweet bro you said, beer's on me. Let's do it. I'm still, I'm still for it. When all this COVID stuff passes, hopefully in the next yeah, absolutely. six months, right? yeah. 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 Hopefully I, I, I got lined up for the shot for next month. So we're good. Let's yeah. go. Let's party. Let's take the shot. Let's do well, it. Uh,
0: since we're on a, you know, Earthquakes podcast and you are a season ticket holder, what do you think of the club for next year? Right? What do you, what do you want to see from the club? Uh, is there any mm. MX players that you think that we could probably bring to the Bring to the side like who could help us
1: i mean we we definitely need help on on the defense side you know just over all, all around we definitely mm-hmm. need some help and you know with the offseason with the um, you know losing nick lima to to austin yeah on fc like that was i, I feel like lima really picked up towards the end especially mm-hmm. for that run for playoffs i think he he was playing very good and i i I don't think it's fair for a lot of this pressure to go down on the youngsters, especially with the um, 17-year-old. Um, Jackson, no, not Jackson Ewell. K. Cal. K. Cal. There you go. Yep. Um, like that. That's like you can still. He's good, and you saw it. You saw how fast he is and how good he is. Yeah. But you also saw the mistakes, and you see like the coach telling like, "No, get back in position." You know, yeah. he's still <laughs> he's still a youngster um you know it was awesome seeing tommy getting me sign again and yeah um tommy i've been following his career since like the first homegrown player whatever so yeah i feel we definitely need speed on the we definitely need to beef up the mid for me i feel I think like so too. i i feel like the the game is won in the mid in mm-hmm. the in the middle um wando he's just gonna score any way he he yeah. can you know um and unfortunately he he love him or hate him but at the end of the day it's all about crossing the uh yeah. it's crossing that ball past the line and I think Shea Salinas when he won the um um when he broke the record for the most success yeah I think he made a good point when he said well I need to say thanks to Wando for scoring him and that's just <laughs> like when you have that connection like Shea Salinas and and um Chris Wondolowski, kind of right. locking in together like you want that? They have years of experience. They know how each other plays. They know where yeah. they're gonna be. And At the end of the day, that that helps. Like you right. know where to, where to get the ball to get this guy. You know what he's capable of. You know yeah. what he's not capable of. So and that why mix up that uh, the chemistry if it's there. Yeah, it's not the prettiest. Yes, they're in the you know towards the tail end of their careers. But mm-hmm. dude, bring him in the last twenty minutes. Right, man, they're right. gonna get you a goal or two. And that's and we saw it at you know yeah. we saw that shit. Nadina, Eric, Ronaldo, yeah. in the last second, you know, right, right. Um, and I think that's very important for, for to keep that for the Quicks. But definitely we need somebody um, in the mid. We need um, some speed in the mid and better passes in the mid. And definitely, I, I with Nick, um, definitely another uh, player for for defense just to beef up beef up that squad. Yeah, and you know be aware of the passes, anticipating the passes are coming in, anticipating the runs right. and not create um, you know, those unnecessary fouls that usually right. you know, pieces that usually leads up to goals in, in yeah quick cases. Nick Nick Lima was a big culprit of that. So,
0: um I think that maybe put him in the doghouse a little bit or it was just kind of like off off the field issues. Um but we're definitely going to need to bring in a right back. I mean, we have Marcos Lopez in the left, but then who's going to play that right back position? um that's mm-hmm. that's going to be cuz we like to put our you know full backs forward pretty pretty a lot like we do it mm-hmm. all the time so we're going to need a fast one so beefing up that right right back side with the you know some speed would be nice um i what do you think about moving carlos Fierro to the middle and playing like a 10 role do you think that would work in the future or do you like, think like yeah. a,
1: like a false nine kind of kind of yeah. thing or yeah yeah or I, to I,
0: play to play uh, a little behind wando right to get a little you know yeah yeah,
1: pretty much. You know, pretty much switch him with Wando because Wando's horseman was playing kind of that, that center, that center mid, yeah, kind of false, um, false nine, tenth player, if you will. Um, so I I feel like that will be very key for for uh, Fierro. You know, he's young, he has that experience. He, mm-hmm. he he's well, he I wouldn't say he's super young, but he does have. He's still he looks younger young. compared to the yeah, yeah he looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um he got the speed and he's a smart player and he kind of picked it up towards the end of um him and then, uh Oswaldo Alaniz really picked it up towards yeah. the end of the season to really unfortunately love, well, I'm not sure if Alanis is originally he was he's, gonna go back to Chivas. He, yeah, so, he's
0: coming back now. He he they well, signed
1: him for a second right year loan. Mm-hmm. Oh heck yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I feel like both of these players are linking up, they're linking up, and you just see. The chemistry between these players once they start playing together and how definitely. much they grow, yeah, um, and that you know a team that's playing in sync would defeat any diva team you know right. with random players in there. So yeah. the chemistry has to be there. I think that's the biggest issue. Uh, the chemistry has to be there for it to work. But yeah, definitely beefing somebody. And you know what, Chivas, you know I, you know Chivas gone through went through a lot of drama this past tournament. Yeah, with players getting COVID and partying and legal issues. Right. So Chivas is having a, a hot sale right now. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're letting go of you know trophies and they're letting yeah. go of all these players. And you know if the price is right, you know Chivas wants to get them out of them. So it's kind of like they're trying to do a hot sale. Why yeah. can't I? Make, uh, why can you know Almeida go out there make a bid for these players? Right. You know and bring and in it, and you know what and bring in more people in the stands.
0: Yeah, and a player like Chopees, you know, it's really funny. Um, this is gonna be a really weird interaction, but I I met Chopees in San Mateo. Um, he was oh, out cool. there. Yeah, I think because Chivo's might have been playing, but he has a good friend that owns a taqueria out in uh, San Mateo, and he mm-hmm. I used to work at a gym, and that and he brought him into the gym, and I was like, oh well, okay, like. Touche,
1: sir. Touche.
0: Yeah. I was like, uh, anybody know who this is? Like, it's yeah, like,
1: like Chopees. <laughs> like, yeah, you're but, like it's. Is nobody else freaking out? Like, what's yeah. going on here? Like, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: And it was funny because I was like, "Oh, I mean, if we get a player like Chopey, I guess he kind of knows the area. The area isn't as popping as like an LA, so it would be, yeah. it would be maybe a good fit. Maybe Almeida puts him into into work, and we right there, boom, we get a player like Zellerain or Zellerine, like scoring mm-hmm. goals, winning MLS Cups, you know, being yeah. really good, right, for the Columbus yeah. Crew."
1: And and you know what, man? I think sometimes not being as – I don't want to say San Jose is boring because it's not. But not being as flashy as in L.A., as in Miami, as in New York, maybe it's good for these uh, young players. Yeah, especially with party problems, right? Exactly. Like, imagine if the Dos Santos brothers would have come to San Jose or to, like, Kansas City or something. Right, right. They probably would, you know – yeah, Denver. <laughs> yeah. Um hey, Denver's pretty cool. I went a couple of weeks ago. I went in a couple of months, like looks yeah. over. Denver's pretty cool. I wouldn't live there, but it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> um yeah, I, I feel like that eliminates that problem. Like, why, you know, keep temptation in there. So I think like a player like that will benefit. And you know what, at yeah. the end of the day, it just comes down to like how disciplined your coaches. And Almeida looks one of those players. He looks like one of those coaches that yeah. You step online, he would, you know, put you in, in the doghouse, like regardless yeah. of what name it is. It's like, dude, you're no one's above the team, right? And he's even said that, like, no one's you know, above the team. So, he, he might have felt that way about Nick Lima,
0: so he let him go. So, that yeah. was he finally found an opportunity to get rid of him at a good price, um, mm-hmm. at a good sell on, sell on fee. So, definitely, um, it was a good decision. So, Danny, as an America fan, do you think there's any guys that are would be able to do like a like an Alanis or Fierro type of ordeal where? Maybe, you know, the Quakes look at them. They're not performing as well as they can, or they feel like they can do better in another
1: situation, and they're kind of in their dwindle years, or is there anybody on America that you think? I mean, America is trying to get rid of – their biggest player to try and get rid of right now is uh, Roger Martinez. Mm. Um, And we saw him. Unfortunately, he did play on Saturday. He really didn't do that much. But he is trying to – you know, that is a player that, you know, that they're trying to get rid of. Same thing with uh, Ibadwin. You know, mm-hmm. these players that definitely fit anywhere in—not yeah. um, just in Mexico, but fit anywhere in um, uh, in MLS, especially with the Quakes. Yeah. Um, and no, Cruz. Azul, same thing. No, Cruz Azul is also going through a huge turmoil right now yeah. with a lot of players being turned around. So, definitely, any of those players would be—you know—there. We can find a, even if it's a spot that's already taken here yeah. in the earthquakes. I think a player, again if we go to our previous conversation with CONCACAF, you know, just, oh, I'm sorry, with Liga MX just being a little bit yeah. better than MLS, these players can, you know, still come in and maybe they're not, they're underperforming with their current clubs because, right. you know, internal problems or something, and maybe a change of scenery would um would help them change it up, but um, I think any any player right now, it's just, it's a matter that it's a matter of time for Quakes to go and get these players rather than Setting off because I think we also we also just got a, uh, we also traded Danny Houston not so long ago yeah like to Austin FC or yeah he got yeah.
0: selected by the in the expansion draft by Austin mm-hmm. but um just really quickly I thought um just to kind of take take um what you said there the only positions I see that the Quakes are okay in is um right mid which is Espinoza left mm-hmm. back which is Marcos Lopez and then uh, center defensive mid or a center mid, which is Jackson Ewell. I think mm-hmm. any other place where they can get some sort of talent that is, let's say not performing as well in Liga MX and they feel like they can either sell for a higher fee or get some good minutes, like an all out East of like a two year loan. That's awesome. Like, like that's basically yeah. your player for that coach's tenure, but you're not paying any sort of fee for that except for the salary. Yeah, right? Exactly. So, yeah, so that's 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 a win in my book. I thought it was gonna be a one year loan. I was like, ah, you know, like why yeah. bring in a guy for just one year? Not if you're not gonna buy him. But um, but no, that's like the Quakes can excel in any
1: other position besides those three, in my opinion. I think anything. And, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we set this whenever we bring up Quakes um in in my podcast, we always talk about how the team the the best player in that team right now is Unmida, the coach. Yeah. You know. Cause there's no there's no breakout player like sure you might you can make an argument that wando is your breakout player yeah. um for his record or something but mm-hmm. he's not Hollywood you know he's right. not a Bella. Right. he's not a Pizarro he's not right. um you know a slatan or you yeah. know whoever you want to bring up so it's all these there's no um yeah there's no glamour be- behind him mm-hmm. so any you know and which is good because you don't want to bring attention to just a single player you want to bring attention to the whole team in my in my opinion um or the coach so I feel like um um yeah to agree with you like any of those positions are right open and you know I feel at the end of the day the chemistry has to be there. Yeah if the chemistry there if it clicks you know then why why not? You know let's bring him in let's let's try him out. If it doesn't work out we we get rid of him. San Jose yeah. is known for turning around players really quickly. Yeah. And one, <laughs> uh, the other the other position I'll even throw in there will be a goalkeeping uh, yeah, position right. with um I can never pronounce his last name. So uh, Martin oh, j t yeah, yeah. JT. So yeah, we saw Daniel Vega having making a lot of mistakes and you know, right. not being there. And same thing. Um, Almeida uh, switched up He give the kid a, a chance and right not there he's not he's not he's not there but he he's been stepping it up and he's growing, growing as, well. the, as he grows and i mean you're doing something right if you get a call up from the u.s national team right definitely yeah
0: it yeah. scared me a little bit that last playoff game against sporting i mean where they were pressing him pretty pretty high um and, mm-hmm. and he like fumbled the ball a little bit so i was like oh, maybe we can you know maybe a nice little stop gap you know goalie for two yeah. years or something like that until where he's fully ready but yeah, if he, if I mean he's performing well, so it was just one game. And
1: but and if really, you look back at that at that playoff thing, when it came down to penalties, it, I mean, yeah, he he didn't stop any any penalties, but the Quakes didn't score any either. Yeah, right. You know, none of our players went in there confident, uh, looking to take those shots. So you can blame him for for the penalties if you want, right. but we should also be looking at those people who took those shots for the penalties.
0: Yeah, um, and then Danny, really quickly before we leave today. Your predictions on San Jose earthquakes next year? What happens?
1: What do they do? Oh, man, it's gonna be a roller coaster of emotions again. Yeah. Um, this is what typical Danny earthquake season is. Um, <laughs> right now, I'm like, whatever, it's not gonna happen. About a week before the season starts, I'm going to see reviews, and my <laughs> expectations are gonna be super high. I'm gonna be excited, I'm like, oh, this right. is it, this is our year. We we're gonna create mayhem and. And then you are going to win. Time. We're going to tie maybe the first two. We're going to be, like, tying the first couple of games. And then we're going to go into a little slum. <laughs> then we're going to pick it up. And we're going to go in the slum again. Then we're going to pick it up. And I'm going to say, if this team, I'm done with it. And then the last month, I'm going to be out there with my shirt off, yeah. you know, spinning around with the Ultras. You know, so um, I see Quakes uh, building on what, you know, what they finished last season, which was a great – End uh, of it uh, uh, A great run at the end yeah. uh, An unpredictable team A mayhem team if you will yeah. So I'm going to see them Building off from that It's not going to come off You know, by the way I feel like it's Same like this season It's going to build Little by little Yeah And then by the second half Of the season I feel like our quicks Are really going to be solid Really going to be able To kick forward And I see them Making it to the playoffs again um, mm. Maybe not And so, you know I won't say They're going to be number one in the western conference but i can see him going in you know top five dope okay yeah that, i now we <laughs> i i
0: think we are gonna need to beef up that midfield a little bit more I yeah think, um if we do those things if we bring in like a zellerine type of player or if we bring in like mm-hmm. a Lodato type of player like a, a solid 10 that's proven or at mm-hmm. least a solid another winger like a I'm dreaming, right? I want a Pavone, you know, like yeah. Of course <laughs>
1: we do. Of course we
0: want that. We yeah, want, but some some help, right? Fierro, I think, could do well on on the left flank. I think he can. But then we're still gonna have to get something in the middle, right? So if we either move into the middle or keep him on the left, you're gonna have to bring in something because we lost Vaco, and then we also need a right back. Yeah. I mean, this team has no right back right now. I hope we don't walk out there mm-hmm. with Paul Marie. Um, yeah. But once we start getting those rumors in, I think we're gonna be like you said in the top five position. I would I would say two. yeah
1: and and I, I mean you know the thing with mls is that the season doesn't start until what april so right. yes the transfer season's going on right now but maybe once it's get once it gets closer to well not really the season starts in february whatever once we get closer to the uh to the season with these yeah. players who are not getting enough game time or something this is maybe the time when we might get loans and stuff like yeah. for those type of players and really beef it up and we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But um, yeah, I'm expecting great things. I just do not want the earthquakes to rely so much on their youngsters. Yeah. Um, these kids, like, yeah, it's great that we're giving them opportunities, and it's it's always fun seeing a homegrown player, 18, 19 year old, you know, out there right. playing professionally. But if they if they're not ready, let's not push them. You know, let's right. you know bring him in the last 15, the last 10, get those minutes in, but don't start him because I think that's where. Uh, problems happen and that's where we saw yeah, mistakes levels. mistakes are made yeah, yeah especially in those you know six zero defeats and eight right. zero defeats where like the defense was, all the players just deflated yeah um so i, I just don't want to see none of that no more that's that's what sucks the most like i'm okay with losing right. um but as long as they still heart, those defeats that we saw and it wasn't the first time this season it was you know we saw it also like you know, in the seasons, in the first couple of seasons at the um, at, at Avaya. Yeah. Uh, we saw those type where, like, you know, as soon as the second goal came in, the team was defeated. and they Right. Just didn't want to and, uh, and it sucks. It sucks as a player, as a fan out there trying to root for something when the players yeah. don't feel like playing.
0: Yeah, especially during the Dom Kinnear era, right? They thought, oh, the second goal is in. We're not going to get two goals. Like, come on. But they, yeah. do, they do have that sort of, like uh, – we're not dead yet mentality with Almeida. So it's definitely a nice change, a very good change.
1: Yeah, the yes. change. I was telling that to um, to um Daryl from my podcast. i like, dude, this is like the never say die mentality yeah. that made me re-love the Quicks again, like the Buckshaw mm-hmm. uh, era, you know, with like, you know, just we can be down three to one and you're like, right. nah, dude, it's not over. Like here comes the comeback and next thing you know it, lenny lanhart you know yeah. lenny 41 <laughs> like and, crazy and alan guys, gordon yeah Go was dude so so lenny actually and my he was in my seat once uh um, oh, wow. and i'm like yeah so i pull up and i'm like i was gonna kick him out and i'm like oh i'm like oh dude Lenhart. he's like yeah i'm like oh my fam blah blah and you know we're talking for like 10 15 minutes he's like cool he's um i'm like oh and i'm like oh my the rest of my party's here and He goes, oh, where are you guys sitting i'm like you're actually in my seat, He's like, no way. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's cool. But I'm like, yeah, I had to kick out Lenhart from my from my seat, cause uh, you know, yeah. my seat, bro. Uh, but yeah. it was cool. It was a cool like 10-15 minute conversation, and nobody knew who he was. And I'm like, dude, this guy, like, yeah, 2012, like, he brought the rookies right <laughs> at Buckshaw, You know, him and Alan Gordon and. Jay Salinas and Recca right. and Wanda. Wando. The right. yeah. Goonies. It's the whole Goonies Never Say Die. And it was it was awesome. And that's so, the same thing I got this past season. And I love it. So yeah,
0: yeah. You know it's funny that you said that nobody really knew who he was. I, I kind of had a theory, like a lot of Quakes fans that go to the games, I think maybe a lot of them are like corporate type of seats because sometimes yeah. a lot of them don't really know what's going on, but it's a fun atmosphere. They bring their kids, right? Then their kids mm-hmm. become fans, and then those kids become us, right? We talk yeah. about these things, but yeah. So I I can see how like players, even of the team, go unnoticed. Like I would always see MPG walking around, like nobody knew who he was, and I was like, I think he was MPG, bro. Like
1: yeah, no, yeah. like I I remember once I pulled up to Tavaya and Vaco uh, pulled up also, <laughs> and he's just walking in, and I'm like, oh, dude, it's Vaco. I'm like, dude, that dude's hella late to the game, and my friend was like, so what do you mean he's like dude he's a player and he's like yeah. what the hell is he You're scrolling in like half an hour before the game i'm like i don't know <laughs> well, that's why well, he's not playing um but yeah it wasn't until like they're warming up he's like oh man that was the play i'm like i told you dude we parked next to him and then, out like, <laughs> yeah he's all late same thing like walking out like there's danny Houston just walking by himself and right. i'm like oh i'm like oh let me take a picture and everyone's like who's that dude i'm like dude he just scored like two goals Did you yeah not see that? like <laughs> where the hell were you guys he was there um, so you know, it, it sucks a lot of these players go unnoticed, but right at the same time, I think that's cool. Yeah, like, I think the, the player just wants to go do their job and kind of right. you know go home and you know, not worry about it. And because no one wants the media following them around, right? And stuff like that. Like, what a, I'm pretty sure if I run into one of them, at you know, no one's gonna know who the hell they are, which is great. It's great for maybe me, Anis, like, they'll know. Oh, yeah yeah. Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, if it's on right, Meta, I'll yeah. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. Like, that's how crazy big a coach is. Like, in, in basketball, you think you would get that? No, I don't think so. No, like,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: right. It's just, it's it speaks volumes about this, like, sport that the media circus that is soccer, right? So, it's just, it's crazy. Like, how, how underlying the United States has this, like, Latin population that barely ever gets tapped at by the, the, the media, right? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, they show Liga MX games, but when you have a, a person uh, like a media figure like matias almeida living in your backyard in let's say the bay area and people are noticing him but there's like i haven't seen cron 4 once talk about you know like
1: yeah oh just like that he was in centena row you know like eating at some restaurant or something no one's going to talk about him right if you see um i can't remember the 49ers fan i'm not football that big of a football fan, but jimmy roblox yeah 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 like if that dude even like steps outside his house i'm pretty sure it'll be all covered yeah. over the media and same thing with like you know well uh, hockey's kind of like that too hockey's yeah. like hockey's, hockey's a little nature who yeah. Yeah, but the
0: yeah the biggest tell for the hockey is when they smile and they're just like
1: <laughs> yeah the, the, <laughs> dude like the only person i know from the sharks is sharky and i mean there's no way you're gonna miss that dude if you see him around downtown San Jose. Right. right like oh dude that's sharky like Oh, who's Sharky? I'm like, the guy dressed like a shark. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Can't really miss him. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, um again, but maybe I'm just a casual fan like that. And yeah. you know, and then we're really f- fanatics. It's the Same thing, like I right. can see a baseball player uh from the Dodgers and I'll be like, Oh, gee, that's so and so and nobody would know? Yeah, who that's the hell true. It uh same thing for like Giants, I'll be like, Oh, dude, that's that's Buster. I, be I like, think the
0: Giants like like Pablo Sandoval lived in San Carlos, you know, like yeah. in the Bay area.
1: And, like, everybody knew that.
0: Because, I mean, this Pablo Sandoval, right? So, like, it's – Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like this one – yeah. What is he? Venezuelan, right? I think so.
1: Yeah, Venezuelan. Yeah. Yeah, Dominican? One of those.
0: Yeah. He's, like, a bigger Venezuelan guy in the middle of San
1: Carlos with all these white people. You're just like, oh, yeah, you know who that is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, you definitely know who that person is. But, like, no, it's funny. This last story – you know, when all these teams from like Mexico, Europe, they come and play, especially in San Jose or in Santa Clara, you know, for some reason they love going to Santana Row and they mm-hmm. love going to uh Ballyfair Mall, of course. And there's yeah. been many times, yeah, of course, like in the Gucci and all yeah. that area. And I'm only there to like pick up new vans or something, but whatever, you know. <laughs> um, maybe get a so, pretzel from the food court, you know, like yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just here for my Starbucks coffee, which like, yeah. is overpriced, anyways. Uh, um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so i remember like being in the food court and i you see a lot of these youngsters from like chivas i'm pretty sure chivas was playing either at at uh Atlanta sarah or, Atlet- or levi yeah. or something and you see them with the suits and stuff and it's a bunch of little kids with like <laughs> well not look but younger yeah. i'm like oh that's why so i'm like i see younger people with like all these bags i'm like damn if I was a Chivista, I'd probably be like, oh, that's so-and-so and so. But I have right. no clue who we are. But <laughs> like, you're waiting for, like, the big star. Like, all yeah. right, okay, I know that guy. But other than I'm yeah. like, I had no idea. I and mean, there was, like, five or six of them. And they're wearing, like, their track jacket suits and yeah. like, the Chivas logo. You know, of course, with, like, Gucci and, like,
3: well, the, Burberry.
1: You know it's you know the funniest thing, though? It's like, Chivas has such a big fan base
0: here that people probably mm. thought they were just, like, Five high school dudes hanging out with the same tracksuit on, <laughs> hanging out like, like, like,
2: yeah. like, yeah, Hey, dude, look
0: at the, look at those chivas. Like, what? Dude, those are like five kids that go to you know, say, I not say hi, you know. <laughs> yeah, suit.
1: they probably just came out from like the Sunday, like their Sunday league game or yeah. something, and they're just like, oh, they, we gotta legs. get something for prom. Yeah, and they're like, oh man, that must be a team. They gotta be somebody famous. Look at them; they look so cool. All yeah. The yeah. yeah, but yeah you just automatically you see somebody somewhat fit and you see somebody with like a uniform like oh no dude that's a pro that's a yeah right but
0: when it comes to soccer it's like
1: oh they're like 15 16 right with tracksuits. you're like oh this is like kids <laughs> yeah i'm like that's oh, just kids they're, yeah. they're just there they're just coming back from paying pal or a uh, pal or something so, <laughs> but, yeah dude it's it's yeah but I just I'm I'm excited for the season coming up, and I'm just yeah. excited for for MLS to grow, definitely. and um and yeah I I feel I think one thing that was a success for not obviously for the Quakes for the run they did but for MLS was the MLS is back the bubble yeah. in Orlando and I feel like yeah dude if they can do that with like a tournament
2: mm-hmm.
1: oh, that'll be amazing because it's a, it's a great showcase for the world definitely you know yeah and I think that'll be that's awesome for for our league to grow and you know, once one team steps it up, it forces the rest of the teams to really, really step it up. So it might trickle yeah. down, but it, it makes for teams to step up. So eventually like dude, Columbus crew one, like who the hell? Roots yeah. For Columbus crew. Yeah. And like, look at them, like what the heck's right.
3: going on? In, and
1: and they look magnificent. Right. They look they great really good. Versus Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. And like same thing with like, um, Minnesota. You're like, yeah.
3: Who the hell lives in
1: like? <laughs> yeah. I, I will never associate Minnesota with like, um, with soccer, it's right? Hockey and yeah. football.
3: You know, well, look and, at
1: Atlanta, right? They sell at like, eighty thousand yeah. or like seventy-five thousand seats. Like what?
0: Atlanta yeah. soccer? What? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> like, like you'd be expecting out of, like an LA or New York or something, right? Of but, course. And like, you're yeah. like, oh, dude, what the hell? So. You know, seeing Austin, you know, I think St. Louis is also another extension team. Charlotte
0: is coming. Um, Sacramento is coming. I think St. Yeah. Louis is later down the pipeline. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Austin's coming and they they look awesome. I mean, they look like they have a fan base already on Twitter. I mean, yeah. And, and, that's,
1: and that's exciting. I'm excited for that to see yeah. how that's growing. But yeah, once, once Sacramento FC comes in, you know, that's going to be a rivalry now between yeah. San Jose, you know, yeah. like. It's gonna be San Jose, uh, and is you know, it's gonna force San Jose to step it up, definitely, because that's gonna be your market. Now you're fighting for for people, for fans yeah. from like Modesto and Stockton right. and all these mm-hmm. Central Valley people, you know, even North Bay. You know, now you're fighting for that, you know, right. audience. So you're gonna to have to step up your your product. You're gonna to have to step up your players, definitely. And so, and step, and when we say step it up, it means invest on your teams, and yeah. that's when, and that's when the team, you know, we're gonna see good quality for our sport and especially for our team the, the the worst thing about it is if they don't spend now i don't see them spending
0: it for a long time just yeah. because you have almeida right now this is the best time mls is on a upward trajectory this is the best time to make you yourself a staple in mls right if mm-hmm. you if you win three or four cups right now or let's just say one or two people are gonna remember it it's not like the galaxy winning five in time where mls didn't really like I hate to say it wasn't as big as it is now. It doesn't get as many eyes as respected as it is now. But if they don't spend now, it's kind of like, oh, what coach are we
1: going to get? We're going to get like another Dom. Like then my pessimism starts to grow, right? So, Dude, I mean, you know, I mean, DC United dominated MLS when it just started. You know, they won like what, two or three back to back in the first couple of seasons. Now who the hell knows about, you know yeah. <laughs> right, DC right. united and you're like same things like yeah that's great that they won you know i'll even throw the earthquake sender in 2001 right. 2003 with yeah. like sure we had donovan but that's i'll call that like the old era but the new right. in the last five years like yeah that's when like people are getting more attention right people are 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 kind of stoning into it so like if, if you yeah. win a league with a with a team that doesn't have you know carlos vela or you're,
0: let's say you beat Carlos Vela, you're going to get a lot of national, just national media from Liga MX and and as well as all MLS, Twitter. I mean, Twitter's huge for MLS now. So yeah. it's just like you're going to get people talking about your club and you're going to get fans, and that's what we need,
1: fans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And not just the corporate fans, but, like, the right. passionate fans who are going to be out there who are not going to – I hate that outdoor outdoor bar, man. I hate yeah. it. It's cool. It's a cool concept. Yeah, I just I hate it because everybody goes and just they don't watch the game, and it's just like my yeah. X amount, you have X amount of thousand people in that stadium, but the stadium looks so empty because everybody's like at this bar. You're right, down, right it, there or the new one up there, dude. And,
0: my whole thing is it's such a cool concept. They should just sell general admission tickets. I mean, they messed. They yes. they threw they threw that whole debacle like. So they did it so badly because it's such a cool concept. Right. But they made it so that there wasn't enough exits on the fire. So they couldn't have more than 18,000 people to, because if there was a fire, there's not enough fire escapes. So that's why there's not general admission mm-hmm. tickets. So it's like, yeah. Oh man. Like, come on. Like you, you guys hired like engineers. Like you should have, like, how do you not think of these things? Like you like, can make it a diehard stadium at the same time as a casual stadium by just mm-hmm. making more entrances and exits so it's just like
1: i mean you would think we have Google, we have yeah. adobe zoom Google, right. we have all these fools literally like on the five minute span from each other walking right. distance from each other but yeah. we forgot to put an extra exit or two right <laughs> on, right i mean like you on think... this, there was nothing out there dude yeah. there was, there was so the only right. thing out there is the in and out <laughs> you know right. like you could put extra doors, but right. yeah, I, that's something I always wanted. Like, I always thought, like, how come you just don't sell like ten bucks? You know, right. for the bar, like that'll be cool. I'll pay ten bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, the bar, and just to be there a, in the
0: atmosphere, or twenty, even yeah, you, but, even twenty. I think you can make general admission seats. You can go either to the ultras, the stand, or you can go to the bar, and it's like,
1: yeah, people are and, I mean, yeah, twenty. And like you said, it's the atmosphere. Yeah, you go you i thought that was a great idea i'm not sure if they still do it with like the free buses from like downtown to avaya oh they had and it before was,
0: covid right so
1: yeah like i think that was a cool concept and stuff yeah. and now you know i'm not sure how um how recently you you've been down to avaya stadium um uh, we, we, we were the, actually
0: we were there for the the first the first game me and my wife
1: oh okay yeah yeah that's yeah. Hey, hence the bobbleheads
2: um, yeah, yeah 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 exactly <laughs> but
1: like yeah but um like i go to the costco down the street um you know mm-hmm. down the street from over there so you grab a um, pizza and pass, you just walk over to the stadium that's what we do you know <laughs> i grab a little a little churro i would drive home and see the little stadium and you know a little a little pizza and the chicken bake you know whatever um <laughs> you know, what's up? Like, um like i see an expanding and they're making all these office space i remember like the original idea was like they want to create like a like an environment like yeah. obviously the office spaces but the bottom will be like a santana row with like shopping and, and more fields and
0: bar- for the youth
1: academies yeah. too. yeah and that'll be i think that'll be great like that's a whole day experience you go right. you have food you have you know a drink or two go to a stadium you pay 20 bucks to see you know it's just to be in the atmosphere because yeah. people will pay for atmosphere yeah you know you have your tall can there or two and then you know the yeah. matches are usually done by nine o'clock on Saturday <laughs> night take it down like, to uh yeah like
0: you know, i i pay a $25 entrance fee to go to a bar in sf right they're going to pay $20 to be yeah in,
2: especially in the to of you. That.
1: especially yeah. like the young people like yeah. What better, what better way to pregame it? Look, too, my back started hurting just saying pregaming it. But, <laughs> but like you know, you go, you you go to this match, you have a beer or too, and then you take an Uber or a Lyft. Right. I'm sorry, a sponsor or Lyft down to San Pedro <laughs> Square to or something, and yeah, then, to hit you know, up the bars, right? And the games yeah. end at like
0: nine o'clock, so I mean, yeah. just go stay for the game and then go to your bar.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. this is why I love going to the uh, San Pedro Square. You know, yeah. it closes at at 12 the the market it closes mm-hmm. at 12 oh I yeah go, i can go after 12 like even 11 or 12 is like that's perfect time for me to go home yeah but like <laughs> if i really want to push it up i can go around the corner to like the bread or like the old wagon or something yeah to like 1 one thirty. but uh yeah i'm not <laughs> i'm not there after like 10 p.m i'm too old <laughs> I'm like no dude i'm ready to go bed after like nine so yeah no
0: yeah, but uh but i guess that kind of that ra- that wraps it up But daddy i want to yeah. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, everybody go check out, if you've been listening to us this long, go check out his podcast. Um, it's L three pod. So Danny, do you have anything mm-hmm. to say about your podcast?
1: Yeah, man. Um, yeah. I mean, first off, thanks for having me, man. It's this, yeah, this always, yeah, it's always fun doing, you know, talking to other podcasts and stuff. Cause you know, we, yeah, I love making friends. I love Definitely. this. New, but Definitely. yeah, ch- check us out. My podcast is L L three podcast and we do, we talk Liga MX and everything Liga MX related, uh, all strictly in English. So we mm-hmm. recap, you know, the major matches. We're recapping since some Liga MX are with Concacaf. We're uh, we're doing that, and we, you know, we're for the casual fan, and we invite you guys to come over, give us a spin. You don't have to know anything about Liga MX because you know what, we don't really know that much either. So uh, <laughs> join us, um, check us out. You can follow me. My my Twitter is Danny E3P. Um, uh, you can follow the the podcast at the L3 podcast or go to our website at wwwl um, 3 com, and all the links and everything in there. And um, yeah, say what's up to me on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter. Yeah, um, If you say, yeah, to keep your negative comments to yourself, but I still like to read them.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and guys, check out their hydration bake. Uh, it's one of my favorite series on YouTube. It's always a fun, you know, different type of, um view on soccer or the soccer world right so it's, it's yeah. definitely
1: a nice yeah. little series they have yeah i'm sorry I, I forgot to talk about the hydration break but yeah we every now and then we like to invite somebody from the soccer community come and just talk soccer for about 20 30 minutes we had we have had people from you know from espn yeah. uh we had ted ramsey from uh the sports uh from the earthquakes come yeah, over KMBR. and it was fun mm-hmm. yeah uh, we had um, Tom Marshall, who's like ESPN, Liga MX mm-hmm. guy. Um, Carlos Justice uh, Justiz, who does, he works for Telemundo, but he also does the Chivas commentary and also Earthquake's commentary. He's yeah. seen them in, in the stadium a couple of times. So, yeah, come, come on along, check it out. Um, and if you ever, you know, it, it's a great place just to know about the community of soccer, uh, not just Liga MX, but just in general. I mean, we had, dude, we had Fernando Fiore in there. <laughs> you know and that, that's also, that's a trip like yeah, i forgot I mean, like, if, oh yeah
0: if you're latin and you, you know that name
1: you know that name if you're latin <laughs> right so like, yeah <laughs> like the moment you, this the moment if you were in the 90s and you had univision and something you yeah. know fernando you know for the lente loco uh the <laughs> it you know you know that name so that yeah. was a trip having them i forgot we had them like you you know trip. you
0: know waking up on the on the mornings of you know the World Cup and then you see you turn on that you know Michelle and you see uh fernando frire talking about like who's gonna win against argentina mexico but then you have yeah. his assistants right so you always had your your dad you know was always watching that <laughs> like, yeah his assistants.
1: <laughs> and, and, and it's funny he always says that that the um i think he calls them las, the senators las senadoras, yeah yeah because he was a pres- he is a presidente and so <laughs> the senators were there and i'm like yeah i remember like being you know 11 12 o'clock and it's like you're kind of breaking the lot, but it's yeah, on TV. Right. It's like during the daytime, my dad's <laughs> seeing it. You're yeah. just kind of like, I have no idea what they're talking about, but this girl is freaking hot. And when you're 12, 13-year-old, <laughs> right. you don't know what that's going on. But, uh, it makes yeah. You it, makes you a fan. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm, I'm a fan of the sport since then. Um, But, yeah, uh, we have, like, Fernando and stuff. And, it, and it's a great, great uh, show. And we always so – um grateful for anybody just to come and talk soccer with us. It doesn't have to be league IMAX. We talk about anything like yeah. you know, a couple, like, yeah, we just like to talk about the sport and, you know, building meaningful connections like I, like it did out here. Yeah. Yeah. Danny, we, we thank you for coming on. It was a blast. And if you guys are Absolutely. still listening,
0: big shout out to uh, the beautiful game network for sponsoring us. And then as well as roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC, Thank you um, for, for definitely sponsoring us and, and getting this up. But that's it for us. Um, I want to say thank you, Danny, one last time, and then go Quakes.
1: Yeah, go Quakes. Thanks, man.
0: Welcome, everybody, to Tetonic Takes. How's it going this week? Big news out of San Jose Camp. Um, basically, we're all here because of this main reason. One of the biggest homegrown signings for the Quakes and one of their biggest stars actually has been traded today to Austin FC. Um, it is a uh, $500,000 sale. We have Will here alongside of me. We're going to talk a little bit about this and we're going to go in depth about it a little bit. We just wanted to get a quick little clip in there to kind of bring you guys to understand both sides of this equation, especially if Will, I know is against it and I'm for it. So kind of a little debate here. All right, let's ask Will, man, what do you think? Straight into it.
2: Um, straight into it. Well, what's going on, everybody? Sorry, it's been a little while since I've been on here, but uh, I've been busy. But uh as far as this uh, Lima is going on, um, I mean, what? I mean, five hundred thousand dollars to start it off. Fine. All right, let's go think of that aspect. Five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. I think I've been watching people on comments saying that's it. We got more for Godoy you know, all these talks about, you know, that wasn't enough. And I don't think it is enough. I mean, I think mm. from starting off in that aspect, I think, I mean, $500,000, at least we got something better than nothing of course, you know, yeah. but I mean, I think we could definitely could have got more. I mean, yeah, he had an off year, but I think he should have been worth more. What do you think of like, he should have been worth more than 500,000. I
0: agree with you. I think he was worth more than 500,000. Yes. But he's a little on the older side now. He's, he's past 25. Um, he can be used to an expansion club. That's why Austin FC, because I mean, that's why they went after him, right? He has MLS experience. He's a good quality MLS back. I I saw a lot of people talking about on Twitter and Facebook, and that this reminds them of Beta Shore 2.0, right? Yes and no, right? If we if we just constantly have the same players out there with no difference, we're still gonna have the same outcome, and. At the end of the day, I think the Quakes are trying to strive a little bit more than just a playoff-caliber team. And and it has to be, unfortunately, cutting ties with our favorite players. And that's what I think is happening here.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say the aspect of our favorite players, but, I mean, okay, he's gone. Who are we going to replace him with? I mean, do we think we're really going to bring somebody up to actually play right back for us?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that Tommy Thompson's not going to cut it. Um, he got burned by Pavone all year. And Marcos Lopez has that left back spot done. That's his to done and dusted, right? There has to be a reason why the Quakes were willing to give up Nick Lima. I'm wondering if they went to Austin MC and they're like, hey, the expansion draft's coming up. Is there anybody on our roster that you might like? And I was actually thinking maybe we re-sign Vaco to do like a sign and trade. But I was talking to Jamin Moore and he says that doesn't really happen because of the CBA and these players aren't multi-million dollar players contracts with the team so it's really hard for for a player to get up and move instantly just like how it is in basketball and things like that because they make a lot more money so if they don't want Vaco or if we can't find a way to give them Vaco there had to be something because Jesse always wants to trade a new expansion team there had to be something that they wanted and I guess Nick Lima was that
2: well, okay. So I mean, all right, we're at this point now. Lima's gone. I mean, we can't do anything about it. I mean, I think yeah. I know you said he was on the older side, but I still think he had value to this team because I mean mm. this team is notorious for not really signing anybody. Yeah. So to have this such a good talent out of our homegrown system was kinda, you know, it's like it was he was like a free player, basically, right. you, know? Ex-
0: you know. exactly, a free player, right? So we got five hundred thousand for a free player that we paid oh. nothing for.
2: Right we got five hundred thousand, which we could have got more, but uh, I mean the aspect that we're, we're not going to get anybody else. I don't think yeah. we're gonna sign anyone any right back that's gonna fill the spot and then whoever we do have we're going to be like, wow, we regret getting rid of Lima. look how bad our right back is
0: yeah I guess I guess that's the the jits the, the of it, right I mean us as quakes fans, we understand that we really don't get that many replacements, and and when we do get replacements, a lot of the times we get like a Sean Francis, right, where it's like, oh, man. But the Quakes have had decent backs. I mean, they had Jordan Stewart, Marvell Win. I mean, they weren't – I would say they're not the best. They weren't like Betashore and Morrow, but they were serviceable. Um, I don't know if that's the homer me kind of talking, but I thought – I just thought Nick Lima had a, not that best – the best of a season last year. I think there was a couple goals that were – purely on him as well as giving up easy fouls in front of the box especially in that Vancouver game where he gave that foul at the end of the box and they scored that free kick goal that almost ruined our playoff chances so i think a lot of this has been brewing i think almeida doesn't it didn't really fit in his system and i think it, he saw the opportunity to finally maybe get a fresh start at the right back position and get rid of some drama and they
1: took it
2: Yeah, I mean, I I just feel like, yeah, he had a bad season, but I mean, I I wouldn't really count anybody to have, you know, I I wouldn't count the season really to anyone's stock or their value, you know, Mm. such a weird year. Because of COVID? Yeah, just because of COVID and how it started and then you had the tournament and then you're playing, you know, it just, there was no flow, you know, there's real, no real legit flow to the season. Um, Yeah you can't really give like a full judgment. Yeah. You know, they played a good amount of games and you can mm-hmm. still judge those games that hand, but still, I mean, for Lima, for a player that's been, been around, I mean, you can't really, right. you know, uh, judge him off that just one season. Uh, and fine. If Almeida was done with them, I, I, you better, you better hope that there's got to be someone to fill his spot. I mean, I yeah. hope they have a plan coming into this. Cause I mean, Nick Lima is just, he was valuable to this team and he's going to be valuable to FC Austin. They're going to enjoy him. Yeah, you know? they and, are. Yeah. I you mean, think. and,
0: uh, do you think that Paul Marie will be the serviceable backup at left back or will be a starter now at right back?
2: I mean, I, we, we just, like you said earlier, you said, uh, Lopez is our left back. So, yeah. I mean, I I w I don't think we're going to move Lopez to the right back and then start <laughs> putting Marie to the left. Um, I don't think that's what they would do, but I mean, unless they really think that Lopez would do just fine and yeah. then they'll, they can try. I mean, but I don't, is is really Paul Marie our answer to be serviceable enough to get yeah, us to, by, right? And, to, and not even that. And to like, okay, you said that you just don't want him just to be a playoff team. Well, yeah. is Paul Marie going to make us better in the playoffs?
0: Right, right. And that's. I, mean, I guess I'm I'm leaning more on the side that I kind of I guess I haven't been there around for the heartbreaks, and I just think with this this is a make or break for Matias Almeida this year, and I think they're gonna just put everything in the basket this year. I mean, all eggs in this basket. Like, I don't think they would have gotten rid of a starting caliber right back for nothing, right? I, I think they must have something up their sleeve. They have to ha- be thinking of bringing something in because, again, like you said, Paul Marie and Tommy Thompson, they're just not going to cut it. You see teams like Columbus and and uh, Seattle just having loads and loads of talent, and I and I hate to break it, but we love these guys, but it's just they're not going to cut it in, in this day and age of the MLS.
2: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So it's like, was it really going to be worth getting rid of? I mean, are we going to sign some you know, some big player with this $500,000 and then just be a little worse on the defensive side of the ball to hopefully yeah. be better on the offense? I mean, where where I mean, it's hard to tell because, I mean, this system is a man-marking system. Right. So, I mean, it's hard to tell who can come in and be serviceable. It might be someone we never even really heard of. You know, it's yeah. going to be some random guy that I'll make to think, oh, he plays great in my system. So that hopefully works out. That's what we'll be ho- hoping for. Is more of the guy can play this system, whoever it's going to be. You know, I don't know who. Yeah, I was be.
0: talking a little bit on Twitter, um, kind of just <laughs> pulling some strings, maybe, maybe starting some rumors. But you know, there's a there's a right back that used to play for the Earthquakes, and uh, he recently got cut by an MLS p- playoff team, and he had a great season and knows the man marking system, and that is uh, our our very own that we have had our on our podcast, Kevin Partida. I mean, as of right now why not as a right back depth and then maybe bring in someone else. So again, he knows the man marking system. He's played right back before and he's played for the earthquakes before. So that, that, that could be like a quick fix, right? Put a bandaid on a, on a, you know, on a open wound type of ordeal. but there has to be something in the works. We're not going to put Shay Salinas out there the whole, whole year, right? We're not going to put no. Paul Marie out there or Tommy Thompson. There has to be another type of deal. And really quickly, this has become a norm for Jesse Farnelli, and I, and I do like it. They must have been protecting someone. They felt like if they didn't trade Nick Lima to Austin, they would have lost someone either on a free or basically nothing coming back to them. So there must be something that made them want to do this.
2: So you're telling me this is like they're basically for sure we don't have to give anything to FC Austin. On exactly, any- like trying.
0: how they did with Godoy, how they did with um, – I forgot his name off the top of my head, the calendar in Minter, Miami. They're doing it now with Austin. I just thought personally, it would be a different player. I knew this might have been coming, but I thought they would maybe sign like a Vaco. And then just be like, Hey, like we'll give you this DP caliber, even though he doesn't want to play for us, but he, or we don't want him back, but he plays great. And I just thought it would be someone else, not Lit Nick Lima. But if we can get something for Nick Lima, still that's half a million dollars. That's not bad. Again, like, guys like uh, mule went for free right he was a he he was played for red bulls and he he went for free he was he was looking for like for europe the same trajectory as nick lima and he was a u.s uh u.s men's national team kind of tryout and just like nick lima and he went on a free so it could be worse right
2: no i mean obviously it could have been worse it could have been less so i mean but we just know as earthquake fans that we should have gotten more I yeah, mean, for just a kai. Yeah. I mean, for that kind of caliber player. But I mean, like you said, for, uh, Fernelli was just ready to go, pull the trigger on it, and we just. Uh, I mean, this quicksand. If what happens if they don't do anything? Like, yeah. I mean, like what they happens if they go, get Almeida? I mean, yeah, we're gonna get some random guys, and are they gonna be enough though? Like <laughs> and I mean, Andy Rios or Alanis? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're gonna be like, okay, and then you kind of know what these guys are, but like. Are we gonna finally? This is supposed to be the year, right? This is the last right. year. About this is the make or break. Contract. I mean, uh, it's that's gonna be tough. I just it's a little frustrating just because I feel like I don't know that the Quakes are just notorious and like, yeah, to not get anyone right. We we've you know beat on this drum before. The the yeah, yeah. Quakes don't get anyone, and then to give away like our starter, a good,
0: yeah, a good yeah. player.
2: It just it just hurts even more. It'd been different if it was like you know Luis Felipe, even though he's not coming right. back. But you know what I'm saying like a player like that, like oh okay yeah whatever you know he didn't matter. You know it's no big deal.
0: So this happened with Godoy, right? But Godoy was already kind of out of the 18 already, and it didn't hurt as much. But Godoy was a good player when he was playing for us, and he kind of I mean he was a bright spot in those bad years, and we did get six hundred thousand for him. So. I don't know. It's 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 a tough I bet you anything that they did have an offer for more money. But they wanted to trade him to Austin because they wanted to protect someone. There has to be a reason behind this. Well,
3: Either they're okay, protecting so, Chase they, Salinas
0: or or no. someone that they felt like was going to be taken in that expansion draft, or even Nick Lima, maybe they were protecting him and getting something for him. The return on investment, they have to have sat down and saw, okay, Tommy Thompson can't be protected because he's over the age of 25. Nick Lima is in the same boat. That homegrown protection is gone. So, they have to use protected spots for those guys. And that means they can't protect either Wondolowski or Salinas or even maybe like a Jutsen, right? So, some maybe more valuable guys were at risk if they didn't trade him. And that's that's the whole thing.
2: Well, I think, for, I mean, for us to really, we would have to really dissect that. Like, I would really need yeah. to know that the exact expansion rules and how many spots you get. And then, like you said, there's more rules when it comes to, like, guys they are over a certain age. So, I think we would have yeah. to really – down and we could kind of do our own you know scenario and yeah be. because i mean at this point i mean i wouldn't think anyone would be going crazy for i mean a chase salinas i mean yeah do you really want to a guy legend I, well for us right but i mean like, yeah, yeah he's, he's more of a sub player i mean i'm assuming if i'm thinking of a super draft like i want to try to get a starter or an
0: expansion draft all, right
2: yeah so for yeah. exactly from expansion draft, i would be thinking oh i want a starter for each of my that's spots. true yeah you know, or at least or at least a good role player right off the bench,
0: or maybe they saw that hey tommy it's either Tommy Thompson or Nick Lima, and they thought Tommy Thompson maybe has a higher ceiling
2: uh I would hope not I would hope yeah. that was that was the comparison. I mean, I and know then, we re-signed Tommy, but still,
0: yeah. And then a little bit of news. Um, the San Jose Earthquakes acquired the New England Revolution's natural fourth-round selection in the 2022 MLS Super Draft in exchange for college rights to defender John Bell. So a guy that wasn't even a part of our system or any interest we got, um, he was a second-round pick, but since he didn't want to play for us or he didn't have any, any wants to play soccer, um, we got a fourth-round pick for us. So – I think this is a little bit of good good management just because we possibly get a filler for our USL U twenty three team, which is coming in the future, and we don't lose anything, right? He's the guy that wasn't playing for us. Any thoughts on that, Will?
2: Yeah, no. I mean, I I I once I saw it, I just was just like, Okay, guy didn't want to play for the Quakes. We got right. something back we got something in return. And that's all we can at least ask for on that aspect. I mean, no one was no one's gonna be like, Oh my god, you know, he was gonna be awesome, but yeah. Whatever. He didn't want to play with us. We couldn't do anything about it. So, you yeah, know, we got rid of him and yeah. we, got finally, we got something in return. And that's all you can ask for on that.
0: At least it wasn't uh, uh, like the A's drafting Kyler Murray with their first round pick, something like that, right? That burns a yeah. little more. Or Russell yeah. Wilson to the Yankees type of – or the Texans ordeal. So, again, we get something that we might be able to fill in. Um, I wonder where this U, uh, USL 23 team is going to be. I'm hoping it's somewhere in San Francisco – I mean, Oakland. We'll see. We'll definitely see what's going on. But exciting news out of the Quakes today. Um, happy Sunday, everybody. Uh, we want to give a quick shout out to all of our Patreoners and all of our supporters. Thank you to the beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We appreciate your guys' sponsorships. Um, Will any closing thoughts?
2: Um, the closing thoughts I think for every Quakes fan is we got to hope they make. The right moves now i mean yeah. like you said this is this is it this is the final push for Almeida, and we better hope for a lot of new uh new news you know getting blasted on twitter about us signing somebody
0: yeah no definitely my closing thoughts is we could have lost him for nothing and we got something instead of nothing so it might hurt this might be a beta short 2.0 but at least we got something for nothing and we wish the best to Nick Lima. Um, we are a little critical of him on this show, but it's just our kind of our role to, you know, empower some Quakes fans, what they are thinking, what they're, what they're not thinking, things like that. Um, but Nick Lima, you, you have a great opportunity in front of you to live in a great place. He's moving to Oracle. He's moving to Texas, just like Oracle. (laughs) (laughs) I saw, I I saw a comment and that was pretty funny, but, uh, yeah, man, best of luck. Austin FC is going to love you. Um, the Quakes fans will always love you here too. But again, I appreciate you guys uh, you guys all for tuning in today. Um, and go Quakes. Go Quakes. Welcome everybody to Tectonic Takes. More Quakes news came out. Danny Hoosin to Bay Area East FC or more <laughs> known as Austin FC. Um, big news. They select their first pick, Danny Hoosin, out of San Jose Earthquakes. Here with me, I have my co-host. Here all the time, usually, or it's will, but today we have ivan is Ivan Ornelis,
3: what's up man? how are you doing today? yeah, I'm doing very well favi uh I am have mixed feelings about the news that we've gotten today, and I'm even more bummed out about the news we've gotten a few days ago. Mm. I think it's already been, but this is the nature of the m l s off season where things m- move so quickly and You have to process it and try to think, okay, so now this is the situation. These are the pieces we have left. Uh, What is the next move? And we're going to find out if these moves are going to encourage San Jose Earthquake's ownership for the first time in forever to be a bit more proactive in the transfer market.
0: Yeah, and so really quickly, guys, the news is Danny Hoosin gets selected by Austin FC. The Quakes, in return, get 50000 in GAM, as well as protection in next year's expansion draft with Charlotte. So this news coming after Nick Lima's trade to Austin FC for about a half a million dollars, so $500,000, uh, I was talking to Will saying that, oh, this is going to protect us from This expansion draft, this (laughs) is a handshake deal. Jesse Farinelli loves to do these, and it actually turned out that it wasn't a handshake deal. So it just proves even more that Nick Lima was even further in the doghouse. Um, Almeida found an opportunity to get rid of him, and I guess that's what it came out to be. But, Ivan, what are your thoughts on Denny Hoosin leaving Uh, for $50,000, essentially a player that was already leaving, right, for $50,000 and protection next year? What do you think?
3: Right. So I remember I sent to our group chat, you, me, and Will have the list of players that San Jose Earthquakes had unprotected in the MLS Super Draft. And it was a relatively short list because you're allowed to protect 10 players. So Quakes obviously protected the Jackson Mules, the Chris Wondolowskis, yeah. the Flo Youngworths of the world, and so on, the Espinozas. And there's also an age limit, too. So the young players like Kate right. Cowell, uh, Siad Haji and so on, Fuentes, they're all safe as well. So, what it came down to, it was basically Eric Calvillo and a bunch of guys that were on their way out anyway. Yeah. So, it was going to be a bit easier to swallow this news than the news that Nick Lima was going because Nick Lima is a starting caliber right back in MLS. Yeah. He's a good player. He's a player that. Maybe he's not the ideal right back if you want to win titles in MLS, but he's certainly capable of being in a competitive team, which sounds that earthquakes are in the process of becoming more Mm. sustainably. Yeah. So, yeah, I still want to know what's going to happen. We've seen some jokes and memes that, oh, well, the natural replacement for Nick Lima is going to be Brack Shea. And then I'm thinking, well (laughs) – Breck Shea is the type of player you can expect him to score goals against his former teams, but that's about it. So, yeah. but it would not surprise me if San Jose Earthquakes uh, made a move like that for Breck Shea. Uh, it would not surprise me if mm-hmm. we tried to replace a U.S. men's national team pool player with a player from like the fifth division of England or, yeah, right? or, or Sweden, like, <laughs> but division of Sweden. I don't yeah. know.
0: <laughs> so, Ivan, tell me, what do you think about? I guess the move in general, right? Uh, Getting Nick Lima and Danny Hoosen as if put put your Austin FC hat or your Bay Area East FC hat on and think about you got two, I would say MLS starting caliber players for about $550,000. How do you, how do you feel?
3: If you wanted to do a very loose definition for Danny Houston, who is very Dutch, you could mm-hmm. call him a Californian. But Nick Lima from Castro Valley certainly is Californian. So Lima's certainly not the first Californian to make the shift from Bay Area to Austin. Austin <laughs> is one of the most, uh, without getting too political, California-friendly parts of <laughs> Texas. So... I think it makes perfect poetic sense why the Austin FC have now obtained two players from San Jose Earthquakes to start life in MLS. Right. <laughs> but from a soccer standpoint, with Hoosin and Nick Lima, I don't imagine that they're going to be the best players on this Austin FC mm. team, but they're going to get significant minutes. Definitely. Nick Lima could be a star for them. Danny Hoosin could possibly be a star for him if they really give him like good players to give him service. Yeah. Or he could be one of those uh, first or second option off the bench. You look at all these players that made it to deep in the MLS's back tournament or MLS uh, Cup, uh, teams like Seattle Sanders and Columbus Crew, yeah. that they have uh, one or two solid options off the bench. Or even Sporting Kansas City, who didn't go as far as we thought. Yeah. Well, they know Alan Pulido? Okay, there's Kyrie Shelton. They can yeah, rely exactly. on him. There's Eric Hurtado. They can sort of rely on him. So.
0: Yeah, and... I actually think that Danny Hoosen is going to be the starter. Um, They went for him first in the draft. They had their eyes set on him. Atlanta was linked to him. So there is MLS pundits or MLS uh, GMs out there that do think Danny Hooson is actually a great player and deserves to not be in the doghouse necessarily and deserves to be playing minutes and playing and scoring goals. But yeah, this is a little bit of news as well. So I think all this is going to build up. I mean, we're just building up our game, right? I think, This is too good because of the situation, too good um, trades for the Quakes or one trade and one expansion draft taken uh, player. But I think this is two steps in the right direction. We get money for guys, one guy that was leaving and one guy that was out of favor with the coach, and then we get to use it. In the full arsenal of Matias Almeida's system and Jesse Fieranelli's kind of system, what he's preparing for Almeida, this is a make-or-break year, like I said in the last video, for Almeida, and we definitely need all the money we can get so we can
3: use that to buy players. They talked about this a little bit on Black and the Soul, I believe it was Joel Soria or uh, Jamin Moore, one mm-hmm. of the two. They were very much leading the discussion at this point, where. They are talking about if you want to convert San Jose Earthquakes from an average MLS team to a contender, whether it be next season or in the future, eventually your team's going to have to look different than what it does now. Right. While we love every player that's on this team, and we see potential in a lot of the young players, and we believe a lot of our starters can be there to lift a title, whether it be U.S. Open Cup or MLS Cup or something, Um the reality is you're going to have to trade some of those pieces and upgrade in certain areas because exactly. there are better players out there, whether it be within MLS or from other leagues. So it is a matter of how many players, I don't want to say salvageable because it's not like we're tanking or something. And right. It's not like this is a horrible roster and you're looking at, and I think, with all due respect to our friends over at Soccer Crush, FC Cincinnati, for example, when <laughs> players like Kendall Waston are leaving or being denied uh, contracts, wherever the situation was where he left the club, it's, I'm yeah. drawing a blank, uh, you know that they're doing a massive overhaul. This is not the yeah. case for San Jose Earthquakes, but they do need to be somewhere in the middle where they are actively moving pieces and trying to bring in better players it's
0: it's more or less trimming the fat right so we had a lot of players that were part of an old system that Matias Almeida was brought into and had to use basically and he, he made two playoff appearances or no I'm sorry he made one playoff appearance and almost another playoff appearance so it's just we finally are going to, it's exciting we're finally going to see the Matias Almeida system and we're going bringing all this Money in to help him out with that. Let's just hope it's not like an Andy Rios type of signing and more like a Carlos Fierro signing. <laughs> but with the list that was um, presented for the expansion draft, I was okay with most of it. Um, I don't understand why Daniel Vega was
3: protected and Eric Calvillo wasn't. So, right, uh, just they protected JT. Do you need to protect two goalkeepers? That doesn't make sense for MLS because. I can only think of a handful of MLS teams that have two protect-worthy goalkeepers. Right. And
0: it's actually a little alarming. It might be JT possibly might not be the starter next year, or at least in Matias' mind, he's thinking uh, either JT's going to go play with the national team, or we need a second-hand backup to maybe fill in some times where the form is dipping for JT Marcinkowski, but a little, a little alarming that we had,
3: uh, we went ahead and protected uh, Daniel Vega. So, it's if it's just- the case that they're thinking about uh, protecting themselves in the case of a U.S. Men's National Team call up, and I think it shows that Matias Almeida, in a short amount of time, he's really understanding Major League Soccer's calendar yeah. and situation very well, because this is the sort of thing that you do have to account for. When I think yeah. of other league systems. Uh, in England, for example, I know that the top two divisions, the Premier League and the Championship, have the benefit of when there's an international break, they know that they're guaranteed there are no league games right. during that time. So they don't have to worry about, you know, in the event of a bigger team like Liverpool, for example, pretty much their entire starting 11 getting called up and yeah. missing and they have to play Curtis Jones or something. <laughs> but uh, who has become a good player, but I'm digressing too much. Uh, yeah. In MLS, though, e- mm-hmm. even in the World Cups, e- and this is kind of problematic messaging as well, you tend to, they only do a break for the group stage, which right. is kind of sending a signal to your players that, okay, we have international players in our league, but we don't expect them to go far in the World Cup, <laughs> which is not always true. There right. are s- several players who play for national teams that are capable of getting out of a Euro group. They're capable of getting out of a world cup group. Granted, obviously we have more internationals from national teams like Jamaica than Belgium, but you know, we're getting more and more.
0: Yeah. And Alex Morgan today actually on Twitter was, was commenting or he was talking to a Quakes rep saying that there might be sell-on clauses for Nick Lima and as well as additional revenue that can be gained with, um, let's say tallies like minutes played and and goals scored or clean sheets attained. So that five hundred thousand mark might not be just five hundred thousand. It could be there's a maybe they he they sell him to a European club and we get some more. So it just it it looks a lot harsher than it is. I know he's going to hit all those incentives because he's probably going to be their lockdown right back. So it it definitely. Definitely looks like Austin FC likes what they got, and I think we should, on our side, like what we got too. Um, for Danny, Hughes and a guy who left, and then Nick Lima, that a guy was a little out of favor in it, Matias Almeida's system and didn't have the best of years. Um, Ivan, are you going to watch any Austin FC games? Are you going to dial in? the? the are you going to watch it on the TV,
3: or on your stream? Are you ever going to tune in? With every league I follow, if I don't watch the games, I at least get the notifications on my yeah. phone every single team in the, every league that I care about is part of the story. Whether yeah. you're a Benevento in Serie A, whether you're an Austin FC, the new kid on the block in MLS, uh, you're part of the story. And you, what every team does affects every other team. So I think right. while obviously you're going to watch your team and then by extension your conference or your, the team's closest to you in terms of geography, your level, more than random teams, perhaps. Yeah. I think trying to put yourself in a position where you're constantly absorbing information about the league will help you in the long run. And you might unearth some gems and fun facts that increase your level of understanding of the sport and enjoyment of it in the process.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ivan, I got some quick over-unders for you. Danny, who's in over-under 10 goals next year?
3: I think... Under, I think, Danny Hooson hasn't had a injury-free season in a while. Mm. He's going to be playing for Austin FC. And you never know. The expansion teams in MLS are getting better. They're yeah. not just cannon fodder. that They're starting to be smarter from the off. Obviously, Atlanta FC, uh, Atlanta United and LAFC came out of the gates hot. Uh, Nashville took a while to get going. And into Miami, you see the pieces coming together, but the puzzle is still not put together yet. Yeah. But it's there's a plan in place, yeah, and even when you think back to the days of Orlando and new york city f c the plan seemed to be, oh, we got Kaka, we got Yavia, yeah.
0: <laughs> let's play <laughs> right. It's a little different nowadays, and then another one, Nick Lima over under three goals
3: over under three goals. he got one goal this season, right mm-hmm, okay, hmm. I'll go under for under? goals. I think okay. Nick Lima, he's, he might get more assists than goals. I think that'll yeah. definitely happen. Uh, and then that's just the type of player he is. Yeah. And then do you think the
0: next time the Quakes play, San uh, uh, sorry, Bay Area East FC, Austin FC, will win, lose, or draw?
3: I think that the San Jose Earthquakes will draw against Austin FC. I think mm. that this is going to be one of those cases of. There's no film to look up on this team, yeah. and you're entering the unknown. I think maybe this will be one of those stretches where Quakes pull off an upset against one of the more established teams in the Western Conference, and then yeah. this is a trap game where they think, okay, Austin FC is a beatable opponent, and then we drop points. I think that's what's going to happen. And then does last one, does Austin FC make the playoffs? Austin FC. Well, that's a really difficult question because we don't know what the playoffs are. We don't know if four teams are making the playoffs the conference true. or that's twelve. True. So, um, if it's anything similar to the playoff structure we get here, I'm going to lean toward no. Okay. Based on where the teams are at right now, mm. because I think the it's going to right now. Based on where the teams are at, there's not much to say that the teams that made the playoffs. This year are going to drop off and not make it this year. It's yeah. sad to say that of the likeliest suspects to do so, Sansa Earthquakes may be one of those yeah. teams. As of right That's now. That's just yeah. because of the fact that their only transactions this offseason so far, they lost two players yeah. and they didn't bring any in. They're hopefully, and I say this like with a bit of fear in my heart, hopefully going to bring players in. But as of right now, their stock fell a few points
0: yeah all right well that wraps it up for us guys we want to give yep. a big shout out to the beautiful game network icarus yep. fc and roughneck scarves as well as all you guys on patreon
3: thanks for supporting us and that wraps it up for us ivan do you have any last words all right uh overall just thank you guys for supporting us through this off season i know that we are experimenting with some different formats and different lengths of content but Hopefully what we are producing is enjoyable for you all. You continue to watch and you encourage other people to watch. Yeah, thank you guys. Also, keep an eye out for uh, my uh, posts on Medium and Mm -hmm. MLS Multiplex. I recently made a post, granted it's a big day now since the MLS Cup has passed, (laughs) a player-by-player breakdown of the crew and Seattle Sanders and Mm -hmm. what strengths and weaknesses they had going into that playoff. So if you want to revisit that and see what I got right or wrong, you can do so. I tweet everything I post on either of those platforms. And upcoming on Medium, I'm writing a piece uh, where I rank all eight uh, UFA Champions League matchups for the round 16 and all 16 Europa League matchups from most to least worth watching.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, guys, you can find him at Ivan Ornellis2 at Twitter. And then you can find me at the only only Quaker uh, on Twitter as well. And then to find our show, Titanic Takes, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at Titanic Takes. All right, guys, thank you for listening and go quakes. Go Quakes.